Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Canary Jewelry. Eat My Catfish Studios, it's time for Arkansas's number one caller-driven sports show. It's Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network with your hosts, Randy Rainwater and Rick Schaefer. Lock it in and get ready to dial us up. Drive Time Sports is on the air. Hour number two at Drive Time Sports here on the Buzz Radio Network. Rick Schaefer standing by Northwest Arkansas. I'm Randy Rainwater from the Capital City. In a moment, we'll be joined by Trey Biddy of Hogsports.com, being brought to you by Asher Record Service Company. But first, let's talk with Neil Atkinson, my man from Saracen. Neil, I am looking at tonight's preseason parlays, NFL specials. How in the world do you even begin? to put these parlays together when you really have no clue who's really going to be playing for these teams. Uh, that's why they are team props and not player props. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got so, you. Uh, yeah, so that's why they are team props. So, I mean, you, you just go with averages in preseason games. There was a model for it. Um, you know, the pricing is you know, pretty good there. I mean, like yeah. the, the the first one is uh, Broncos, Steelers, and Miami, uh, all winning at halftime plus five hundred. So the beautiful part of this is, uh, are you ready for some football? We got football back on TV. Yes, it's preseason, but it is football. So uh, it's that time of year that we all get excited. Remember, preseason for the uh, football is also preseason for us sports books. So uh, we're testing a lot of the. The features we're going to be revealing before we kick off the real season uh, coming up. So you will not see flash bets quite yet, but um, be be warned, they will be uh, first live on the uh, uh, Notre Dame and uh, Navy game here in a couple of weeks. So not too much longer, and I can taste it. Yeah, and there's also, uh, if you're still interested in baseball, folks, you've got the Travelers taking on the Midland Rockhounds in Arkansas. The Travers finally broke a seven-game losing streak last night, and they are favored by minus one and a half over Midland. And the Wichita wind surge is taking on the Northwest Arkansas Naturals. In that game, Wichita is favored by a point and a half. So you got baseball, minor league baseball, but it's involving our Arkansas teams. And the NFL really kicks it in tonight, are they not, Neil, with preseason football? Absolutely. And always remember, preseason football, folks, usually game one, starters are in for maybe one series at the most. So be aware of that. Make sure you bet with your head and not over it. <laughs> Great advice. All right, Neil. That is Neil Atkinson by way of BetSaracen.com, or you can go to the App Store and get the app. Uh, that is the best way to utilize Bet Saracen. Now to Trey Betty, brought to you by Asher Record Service, 501-562-2293, family owned and operated since 1980, Asher Record, dependable towing and vehicle recovery service, ask for Asher. Good afternoon, Trey. Hey, guys. First day in complete pads, your observations, your thoughts. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought it was a good day for the offense, and the, we got about twenty eight thirty minutes today of practice. Um, you know, didn't ever do any like live tackling. There was maybe some tackling going on, but it was supposed to be just thudding up. Uh, but didn't really do like live tackling and stuff. And um, you know, they did a lot of half line stuff where they 
you know, have three wide receivers on one side of the field, three defensive backs on one side of the field, and you know, just kind of work some combo routes and stuff like that. Uh, I thought KJ threw the ball really well today. He, I think he was just 50% completion, but only threw like seven passes in the time that we watched, and or eight passes, I guess, in the time we watched, and then one of them was dropped. Um, would have been a really nice catch. It was right there on the money. Uh, Criswell threw the ball really well also. Cade Fortin threw the ball well. You know, Sam Bakke, every time I look up, Sam Bakke seems like he's catching a 50-yard touchdown bomb, um, and nobody's talking about him. We're talking about, hmm. you know, Tyrone Broden and Isaac Tesla and Andrew Armstrong and, and Isaiah Satania, all for good reason. But for some reason, this four-star wide receiver out of the 2022 class just isn't getting a lot of talk. And I, so I asked Sam about him today, and he basically what Sam said is he'll play as much as any wide receiver they have this year. So... I mean, there's a guy that nobody is talking about for some reason, but has all the physical attributes, six three, two oh five, and man, he runs well. And uh, they, what they say about him, he just has a motor that doesn't stop. So Sam Bakke's got to keep an eye on this year. I'm not saying he's going to like lead him in receiving or anything, but he's, you know, just a guy that for some reason isn't getting his due and could just kind of pop onto the scene to a lot of people. Um, you know, just talk to Sam Pittman a lot. You know, anytime we get Sam, you usually get a lot of good information. They have had a few ding-ups here and there on the defensive line, nothing serious, nothing that would prevent anybody from playing if they had a game this Saturday. Uh, but just a couple of guys here and there that are, you know, just got to, you know, I think Shad Stewart hurt his heel a little bit, you know, but I think everybody should be back tomorrow or the next day, so about the scrimmage. Um but, yeah, you know, you get a lot of information from Sam. You know, kind of echoed some of the things that I've been saying about the offensive line with, you know, Patrick Kudis and Devon Manuel. If you talk to Pittman, like his biggest concern, everybody's concerned about the offensive line and safety. Pittman kind of said his biggest concern was linebacker, you know, going into camp. Just do they have enough? Do they have the right guys? And, uh, you know, Brad Spence apparently has been doing really well for him, making some, um, you know, standout plays. They said the offseason workouts that he went through was were really good for him. So he's another guy that could, you know, potentially provide some depth for them at linebacker. But I think they feel pretty good overall with where they're at there. But uh yeah, I mean day six, it's first day in pads. You know, they get they have to wait seven days where they can put pads on. So this was technically the, the seventh day since practices started. So um they'll go again tomorrow and then hold a scrimmage Saturday. All right, I've got, uh, you answered one of them a moment ago, Rose Booker, Booker with the knee, Rose with an ankle, Stewart with the uh, bruised heel. Um, now, explain again, uh, Trey, if you would, because, I, I mean, I've got several questions here that I'm asking about individuals as an example. Uh, in the fastball portion which is where we get what, if you want to label it, any any so-called kind of depth chart. Uh, but you got first offense, first defense, second offense, second defense, third offense, uh, third defense. Uh, no key, no gums, no Varkis mm. gums, uh, no John Morgan. Uh, are they be, uh, dinged up or just they're just yeah. not? out there for the either one of the first, second, or third team uh, defense. Yeah, they're just not very good, Randy. Okay. Just not very good. I'm just I'm wanting just, to verify that. I'm, That's, I'm, just, I'm just joking. I'm just they're, waiting they're for good. you to say that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's an exper- I always think of it as a, an experimental depth chart. You know, it shouldn't be like, well, this guy's out here first because he beat somebody out. It's just, you know, they mix things up. I mean, today they had – uh, Jaheim Singletary and Jalen Braxton uh, working at corners. I think they were going to run Ladarius out there, but he has a toe infection, and so they held him out of that. Uh, but, you know, those were the corners. Snacks Johnson, by the way, at nickel today, kind of as I predicted would happen after the break, that they would start working him over there. Uh, you know, they, so they're, they're – and Al Walcott was with the first team. Say, it, to me, when you talk about fastball, like – the things that don't seem to change are the quarterbacks and the offensive line. That that has been pretty consistent, you know, each day. The wide receivers, tight ends, 
Well, running Rocket's always out there first. He's always been out there first. But he won't. You know, there'll be a day where they come out with one of the other backs with the first group. Um, that doesn't mean that Rocket Sanders has been beaten out. They just, you know, they're just mixing it up here and there. Uh, they had different groups of offensive linemen. You know, even with the third team, there's the first time I saw Quincy Rhodes and Ian Ford out there. You know, uh, in fastball period. So uh, they're just, you know, giving everybody a look. Sometimes it's just like, hey, do, how do they look with, you know, if this guy were missing, how would they look? You know, so there, it's just calling it a depth chart is probably extreme for what that is it's an order of appearance or an experimental depth chart would probably be a more appropriate title okay all right um is there starting to be clarity because it looks like one day uh singleton has the great day the next day it seems to be fortin mm-hmm. i mean there'll be days they both look good obviously but uh is there a leader in your opinion for the third team quarterbacks position Third team, I kind of feel like, you know, they're not going to burn Malachi Singleton's red shirt, but the third team quarterback isn't going to play that much anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Singleton is the guy of the future. I mean, they're not going to, they're not going to use reps on, you know, Kate Fortin to prepare him for next year when he's not going to be here next year. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like you know, losing out by default because you don't have any eligibility left. But Singleton brings, to me, a lot to the table. Now, he he's not as polished up as Fortin is by any stretch. And he can throw it. He's got a good arm. But, you know, he left one hanging out on an out pattern today that should have been intercepted. Just, um, you know, didn't throw it far enough out in front of the wide receiver. D-back was able to close on it. Should have been picked, but it was just batted down. Uh, but he also is extremely fast. He's got a lot of potential. But... You know, he's just a freshman, so he's got to continue to get polished up. There's no doubt in my mind, and, you know, Pittman verified that today, uh, that Jacoby Criswell is the number two quarterback, and not only a number two quarterback, but probably quarterback of the future. And how many he's got this year and next year? Does he have more than that? He's got three. He's got a COVID year because he was a 2020 recruit, so he's got three left. Yeah. You know, Navy Mike thinks there's no quarterbacks on the horizon, and once KJ's gone, that nobody can win. But I, I think, you know, Criswell probably can. And what do you think of Singleton as a future quarterback? Yeah, I think he's got a possi- I think he's got a chance. I mean, he throws the ball well. He's, you know, you talked to the wide receivers yesterday, and not the wide receivers, it was, uh, uh, who was it yesterday? Defensive backs. I'm thinking maybe it was. It was the day before, because it was Satania. Yeah, the day before was receivers, yeah. Yeah, Satania, uh, but and Andrew Armstrong. And they were kind of saying that Singleton could be a guy that reaches 22 miles an hour before his career is over. Wow. Which, yeah, to have a quarterback hitting wow. that kind of speed. Yeah. Oh, he's fast. So is Chriswell. I mean, they've got, they've got three very fast quarterbacks up there in K.J., Chriswell, and Singleton. Uh, the other note... Uh, Trey, and I don't know, again, if this is, again, strictly because of the uh, sweeper, not fastball, the sweeper uh, portion. A lot of freshmen are all of a sudden showing up, it seems like. As an example, Luke Haas, or Luke Haas. <laughs> there, we there you go. Luke Haas. Uh, he jumped in at the number one offense yes. today. And then you've got a young man like uh, Jalen Braxton, who ran today with the uh, first-team defense. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Luke Brown, freshman, third-team offense in the line. Left guard, Paris Patterson, freshman. Uh, Aaron Smith, right tackle, freshman. Uh, then you go third-team defense, Quincy Rhodes, freshman. Brad Spence, the linebacker you talked about a few moments ago, freshman. Aiden McGowan, freshman. Jabray Shaw, freshman. T.J. Metcalf, freshman. I've heard you in times past saying, that scares you to death to see that many freshmen in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think that we're counting on those guys to play this year, though. You know, it's give those guys some work this is the time to to do it because once once august 21st gets here a lot of those guys you just mentioned are going over to scout team 
you know, and they're not going to get as much coaching on what Arkansas does. They're going to get a lot of coaching on, you know, what Western Carolina does, mm-hmm. you know, what BYU does. They're going to get a lot of coaching on that. But it's, you know, so this is a good time, you know, to make sure you get to those guys some work because it's it's going to change for them as soon as, as soon as things get going. So, but uh, there are some promising guys in that group. You know, I could see T.J. Metcalf potentially getting to a point where maybe he helps him this year. You know, depending on how things shake out at safety, he's he's got some talent, got some good size. You know, Quincy Rhodes is six six two eighty nine. Three years ago, Quincy Rhodes would be relied on. Ian Giffard would be. A, they may rely on Ian Giffard some too. I mean, the guy's three hundred ninety four pounds. He just looks like. How do you move him? You know, I mean, that's a house. He's he is a big, like he walked past me the other day, and I was just like, you know, I saw I've seen him close up, but like I'm talking walk past me, like where, you know, he would have bumped into me a little bit, like <laughs> just massive, massive human being. He'd have walked massive over Massive human being. So. um you know, there's some guys on this team who are freshmen who, you know, Brad Spence is a guy that they've been talking about a lot. But that doesn't necessarily just because Pittman's talking to Brad Spence means that he's, you know, thinking he's going to come in and play a whole lot for him. I think it's more like, you know, this is a guy that, you know, could develop into a pretty good player maybe next year. Uh, I left out, uh, you mentioned uh, Ian Gafford. Yeah, Andrew Ford. Yeah, Gafford. and Jalen Braxton I think will play for him this year. I think he'll play as a true freshman for him. Uh, I think that, like, if I say, like, these are the guys who are true freshmen that are going to play for him, Jalen Braxton, Luke's ha- Luke has, and I might I might call it at that. <laughs> I mean, heck, there's not, guys, there's not a lot of 2022 guys that are playing a whole lot for him. I mean, it's Isaiah Satania, it's Patrick Kudis. Who else? Who else from last year's class is, like, Rashad DeBinion? Yeah, it's not a lot of guys, you know. And Quincy McAdoo would be, but he's out, obviously. So, just it's a different landscape where you're just able to to add veteran players, and you know, it's the way it is now. All right, Trey, you you have always said a running back is going to bite as a yeah. freshman, or he's not going to bite at all. Isaiah Auguste, what's happening with him? Yeah, he's. Uh, we got to see, Randy. I mean. I can tell you if he's going to help him if I can watch him, you know, if I can watch him live tackle or at least thud up. If I can watch that, I could tell you if he can if he's going to help him. But so far I haven't seen that. I haven't seen him do that. So I I've, I've always felt like I'm a pretty good evaluator of a running back. I can tell pretty quickly. It's not a hard position in my opinion to evaluate. I'm not very good at evaluating safeties. I've I don't know why, but I just <laughs> that's about Achilles' heel. Uh, but running backs, I can tell pretty quick if a guy's going to be able to help him or not. I just need to see him. I just need to see him hit live, and haven't had that opportunity yet. But you know, he's he's a good sized kid. He's probably a little, you know, maybe a, a slightly more narrow frame than uh, than Rocket Sanders. Um, but doesn't remind me, uh, you know, doesn't you know. Not remind me, I should say, of, of Rocket a little bit when he was a freshman. You know, uh, Rocket was a little bit bigger, obviously, as I mentioned, a little bit bigger frame. But um, Augustov's pretty, pretty good size running back. All right, Trey. This from our Asher Record Service Company Life and Feedback Savage says: Ask Trey, does he think that it's a good idea to tell the rest of the SEC how fast our guys are by the strength coach when they run 22 miles per hour? Well, everybody's got fast people, <laughs> so I, I don't know. Uh, my opinion is that, you know, we got one team in this state that most people pull for. There's no pro team. Um, you kind of got to just give us a little extra. All right. This is a little bit extra, if you would. Uh, talk about Carson Dean. Now, I got I'm looking at his picture that's in the media guide. The first thing that jumped out to me, his neck. I mean, his <laughs> neck is what you would think as a junior maybe or mm-hmm. maybe at least a sophomore, but this is a true freshman. Yeah. You know, I haven't seen him, like, flash 
like, you know, we saw there was a couple moments in the spring where you're just like, hey, Carson Dean, you know, showing up. I've not seen that really in camp so far. Really the guy it feels like out of the freshman that they're, you know, I don't know if I'd say highest, but the guy that seems to be getting a lot of praise right now is Brad Spence. He seems to be the one that, you know, they they really seem to like uh, out of the freshman class who you could see playing right now. But in the spring, you know, Dean was a guy that was, Drawing a good bit of a good bit of praise as a freshman, and, and really kind of a surprise. I mean, he was, you know, kind of a mid-tier recruit. So, from uh, from our Asher Record Service Company life and feedback, Jason says, Trey, here we go again. You and the rest of the media acting like this team is going to finish high in the West, setting up the fans for failure, but not me. Yeah, well, I mean, you don't know how to pay attention. You're the guy that like, you're the guy that just starts answering the questions before you read the instructions. I mean, I'm on here saying like eight wins. I mean, like going four and four here, but all you can hear is what you want to hear because it's a rain cloud every single day when you walk outside. <laughs> okay, it's not raining here at the moment. Some uh, people it rains on them every single day, Randy. Okay. Oh, okay. Um what is the knock, if you will, against Emmanuel Crawford when you read his bio? I mean, it's crazy. Uh it says he's five ten, one seventy five, talking about somebody can bite. Looks like this kid. Rushed for 2,304 yards, 36 touchdowns on 230 carries, 10 yards per attempt, 235 yards rushing per game. Yeah. Um, first of all, Randy, I, I, that, that just bugs me, that, that uh, feedback, because... Oh, I thought like, you meant you, what I read about Emmanuel. No, 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 no. I'll get to him. But it just <laughs> it bugs me because like like what am I supposed to do? Just get on here and just like oh, they they you know they suck, they're average, you know all this. Like I preface everything by saying you know I'm thinking like eight and four, you know, or relative to what they've been in the past. But people like that, they just hear one thing. Trey, Emmanuel where you gotta Crawford's go. Problem this is he's 160. In the zone, brought to you by Elia's Mexican Grill. Headed to the hill. Take exit 108 from either direction for award-winning Mexican food made fresh every day. Elia's in Moralton. It's Justin Acre for Certa Pro Painters, and I get so excited when I get a chance to call my friends at Certa Pro and tell them I've got a new project for them. Certa Pro can help take your idea for a project and make it even better. The good thing is, you know, you can get on the schedule and get that project started quickly. But it is starting to fill up fast. So you need to get on the schedule ASAP with my friends at CertaPro. Each CertaPro painter's business is independently owned and operated. These folks live in your community and want to help you get the best paint job possible. Schedule your free estimate at CertaPro.com. That's Certa with a C. Today is the day. After countless hours of research, cutting back expenses, and nine months of anxiously waiting for her, today is the day you finally bring home your new car. It's also the day to protect her with an auto policy from Shelter Insurance. Our policies are competitively priced and include new car replacement coverage if anything were to happen to your new baby. See Shelter agents Steve Ferguson in Little Rock, Todd Session in Moralton, or Kyle Stone in Pine Bluff. Luxury Pool and Spa has a new location on Stanford Road in Conway in addition to the Russellville location. They carry ledge lounger furniture, PK grills, pool lights, and buckless seal pool chemicals along with Serona Spa chemicals. Live the life of luxury with Luxury Pool and Spa. LuxuryPoolArkansas.com Hi folks, it's Chris Zender here at Frank Fletcher Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram in Sherwood. It's August and the deals are hotter than ever at Fletcher Dodge in Sherwood. We have $10,000 discounts on all 23 Ram Limiteds, Rebels, and Longhorns. But that's not all. Get up to $4,000 off new Grand Cherokees plus 2.9% financing for 72 months. And we have employee pricing on new Jeep Gladiator Sport combined with 1.9% financing plus no payments for 90 days. If you ever wanted a Gladiator, now's the time. Come see us today for the deal of a lifetime on new Dodge Chrysler Jeep or Ram. Just tell us what you're looking for and we'll make you a deal. Folks, we need your trade-in so we're paying way over book value for trades. At Fletcher Dodge, you always get the best price, the lowest finance rate, and more for your trade. We also promise you a hassle-free buying experience, so come see us and give us a chance to earn your business. Shop Fletcher Dodge and Sherwood before you buy anywhere else. Come see us in person at Fletcher Dodge on Warden Road in Sherwood or shop online at FletcherDeals.com. 
Difficult times challenge our mental and physical health. Take time to exercise. Focus on your emotional needs and your loved ones. If you need help, visit MethodistFamily.org. For over 120 years, MFH has been your community resource for a complete continuum of care. This message is sponsored by Methodist Family Health and aired in cooperation with this station and the Arkansas Broadcasters Association. The Southwest Ford Product Expo, presented by the Arkansas Timbers Producers Association, returns to the Hot Springs Convention Center this Friday and Saturday. Out of Bounds will be there broadcasting live Friday starting at 1. Go to arkloggers.com for more. Now back to Drive Time Sports, live from the Eat My Catfish studios. Eat My Catfish, now back open in Little Rock in the Riverdale Shopping Center next to Ace Hardware. Eat fresh, eat local, eat my catfish. Drive Time Sports, tapped with refreshing sports opinion on the Buzz Radio Network. Welcome back to Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network. Rick Schaefer. I'm Randy Rainwater. Hopefully we'll be joined in a moment by Chris Turnage, our NFL agent and guru, especially with tonight being a big night of NFL preseason football. If you're looking to make an impression, if you're looking to close the deal, if you're just looking for that fantastic meal and the price will just simply blow you away and we have differing opinions on how big the baked potato actually is according to db it's a canoe i think it's an nfl football but that is dinner for two the chef special for sixty dollars sixty dollars now when you take each component you could almost say wow that's almost worth sixty dollars by itself well maybe not the side items but the entree and the riverfront salad bar oh yeah that is well worth the price because you're not only getting the largest salad bar in north america you have over 30 items to select from including the baby shrimp and the pastas and a variety of dressings. That's where you start, but then you get the entree, which is a 10-ounce filet, plus four monster-sized fried shrimp. The double F fried shrimp, you get four of those. So... That's worth the price right there by itself. Then you get to pick from two side items. And as I've said a thousand times, I'll say it again. Baked potato and a filet goes hand in hand. But maybe you want mashed potatoes. Maybe you want onion rings. And oh, by the way, they are simply delicious. Fresh spinach supreme, french fries, zucchini, or wild mushrooms, or the hibachi fried rice with chicken. How much? How much do you say? $60. And the steak will melt in your mouth. Call William R. Shapur. Ask them about the $60, the chef special for $60, and make a reservation while you're at it. 3719501. That is the favorite closing spot. For Chris Turnage, when he wants to close the deal, he takes that client to the Riverfront Steakhouse, Wyndham Hotel in North Little Rock. And speaking of Chris Turnage, here is our man. Now, are you in Arkansas today? Or are you out on the road uh, observing, watching over your client, one of your clients? So I am in Arkansas today. Um, I'll be be traveling. Uh new york uh, next week to go to some training camp there and then bouncing around a little bit uh, but randy i do need to, to do a mea culpa real quick so last week you know uh you and rick were talking about the uh, hall of fame game and i said hey i'm gonna watch it on espn uh come to find out it was not on espn so i told all the listeners wrong it uh, we did have i had to go to a uh, fubu to stream or fubo to stream it so 
because um, it was on Channel 4 and DirecTV doesn't get that. So, mea culpa there. I, uh, I misspoke. wanted to correct that. But um, I will be, yeah, I will be traveling. I, I am today, here today. I'll be watching the games tonight. Got some guys in it. And uh, and then, yeah, I get on the road here in a couple days. You know, Chris, some of us didn't know that it wasn't on ESPN because we didn't check it to see. So, <laughs> those of us are okay. <laughs> well, when I, when I went to watch it, it wasn't on there. I was like, I kind of felt bad since I, that's what I had yeah. proclaimed on the on the airways here. So I wanted to, wanted to at least clear that up. I know you can't answer this question, but do you think before football starts, DirecTV will get NBC and Fox back? How long how long do these things take? They've been off for quite a while, haven't they? Yeah, they have. I mean, Fox more so than than you know NBC, but it it is absolutely crazy because you think about NBC's got Sunday Night Football. Um, and then obviously there's a game on Fox or two games on Fox, yeah, depending if they have right. a double header or not. So they are going to be, I think they're going to be losing a lot of customers. They've already lost Sunday's ticket, as we talked about. But if they don't get those back, I think you're going to be losing a lot of customers who want to watch NFL football. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay, so the biggest thing so far in the camps, Joe Burrow's hurt. How, how long do you think he's out? And is Trevor Simeon still their backup, and can they win with him? You know, Trevor Simeon is is their backup, uh, or at least that's how he's listed right now, I think. But, um, you know, Brandon Allen obviously had been there for years, and then Brandon, you know, went to San Francisco, which is a really interesting choice considering the other quarterback. Why why do you think he did that, Chris? I don't know. That's a, I mean, look, sometimes maybe that's the only offer he had, and so sometimes you've got to make a decision. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But if he had choices, I wouldn't have chosen San Francisco. I can tell you that much. given their quarterback depth. Uh, but Joe Burrow, from what we've heard, you know, they estimated three to four weeks, potentially, um, from when he got hurt. And so if that's the case, then he'd be kind of primed right at the start of the season. I've also heard maybe a week or two into the season just to ensure that, that he's healthy. Um, so I don't, based on what I'm hearing, based on what everybody's saying, I don't think he's going to miss more than, you know, two weeks of regular season at worst and then, you know, be back by the start of the regular season at best, kind of. So, um, can they win with Trevor Simeon? Maybe. Um, their defense has, has gotten better, obviously. They do have a lot of weapons. I mean, I think uh, those, that receiving core can make a lot of, a lot of quarterbacks look, look pretty good um, when, you, uh, when you throw in that. So, you know, maybe for a game, but I certainly know they don't, they don't want to go without Joe Burrow for five or six games because I think that would be pretty disastrous for them. Last week he missed, or last year he missed three weeks because of an appendectomy and got off to a slow start. Should they do? Should they isolate him maybe in June or July <laughs> to make sure that he comes to camp healthy and doesn't get hurt? This was just a rollout. Just put, him, put him in a bubble. Yeah, put yeah. him in a bubble. Let him walk yeah. around uh, and try that. You know, it, I don't know. It is interesting. It's just you're right. You know, uh, Rick mentioned they got off to a slow start last year because of that, and it's like, um, man, you know, we'd like to start off fast start off five and one you know six and two something like that and, and be able to start quick so yeah it's, I, I, it's got to give them some consternation given the fact that this is two years in a row at the beginning of the season how about the tennessee titans head coach assigning an assistant coach to be the head the head coach for the first exhibition game have you ever heard of anybody doing that and and what's the thought process there maybe to get him ready for a head coaching job yeah you know so mike brable obviously comes from through the Patriot system, he didn't coach with Belichick because, and Belichick has done that before. Well, he'll let certain guys call plays, oh. not necessarily be the head coach role, but hey, you, you know, you're going to step up and you're going to kind of be the, the head coach, so to speak, tonight and call plays or be the challenge, throw the challenge flag, whatever. So I think you know, Rabel sees that. And I think, yeah, I think it's hey, loyal to his guys to say, hey, I'm trying to give you some experience to help get you an opportunity, um, you know, at the next level to say, hey, I've done that. Even though it was an exhibition game, I've, I've been able to oversee and facilitate um you know opportunities so i think it, i think it's a tip of the hat from brable and and look i represent some some coaches and i would love it if if one of my assistant coaches you know got the opportunity from their head coach to do something like that i think it absolutely would help hmm. all right since we are just throwing names out there for the fun of it particularly when we're talking about quarterbacks uh indianapolis we know there are issues with Taylor, the running back, but they have indicated, the Colts has, that they're going to start Anthony Richardson. And it looks like Charlotte is going to start Bryce Young. What, I mean, is this kind of saying, and 
in Indy's case, because he's in a, I guess you can say a battle for that starter job with Garner Minshew, uh, does this kind of give the upper hand, if you will, though, to um, Anthony Richardson to be able to start? I think so. I mean, obviously, if he goes out there and he goes three for 12 with two interceptions and looks horrible, maybe that gives hmm. you know the Colts a little bit more pause. But I do think, yeah, that gives them the upper hand, and I think they're saying, hey, let's throw some of these young guys out there, and if they make a mistake, it doesn't it's not costing us the season. It doesn't really matter if they make a mistake right now. So let's throw them out there and and see what happens. But again, I think unless he's just horrible, um, then yeah, I think he would he would kind of be given the, that upper hand. Now that's the fourth overall pick yeah, in the last I gotta, draft. I got to say how funny this is. Okay, so we all know about we don't all know, but most of us look at SEC shorts. It's really a funny deal. Well, there's another guy that does a similar thing, and he plays the role of all the schools. And and after the draft this year, he was playing. He was talking about how Richardson got drafted so high in the draft, and then he comes on as the Florida guy and says, "Oh, we had a guy named Anthony Richardson, but that can't be him." <laughs> how in the world did that guy get projected so high and even have a possibility of starting after he was no superstar at all at Florida? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I kind of compare a little bit to Jamarcus Russell, not the player at all. I think he's way better than Jamarcus Russell. But, like, people got so enthralled with Jamarcus Russell's arm that he just literally rose to the number one spot. I think with Anthony Richardson, people just got so enamored with his athleticism, the fact, you know, the running, the jumping at the combine, the the, the size, and just the overall athleticism, that that's why he rose up so much. Because, again, you look at his numbers at at Florida – not not great, you know. A lot of interceptions and those kind of things, and so I think it was just people got so enamored. Hey, if that if this guy can get it, and we think we can coach him, then you're going to have something that's unstoppable in our mind because of that athleticism. So that's kind of what where it came from, I think. Um, and you know, it was pretty amazing. I do do wonder, you know, when Gardner Minshew was was um, either in Philadelphia or Jacksonville, he said he wasn't going to go to the bathroom because he didn't want to think about number two at all. He was going to number, number one. Oh my and uh, so I wonder if he's going to the bathroom oh now. Oh, my gosh. Or if he's staying oh away gosh. from that. Oh, I missed that line. That's a great one right there. All right, we've got, uh, we have got Sterling. Sterling, good afternoon. You got a question or comment for Chris? Yes, I got a couple. Uh, when it comes to a client... In general, I know every case is different. Does the player want to renegotiate or hold out, or does the agent suggest to hold out? In general, in general, most most times. Yeah, I, I think it, I think it's it's definitely both ways. There, Sterling. I mean, sometimes the player says, "Hey, you know, I'm worth a lot more," and then sometimes the agent says, "No, you're not." Like based on the market, you know, this is pretty good. You need to play for this. Or sometimes the agent will put it in the player's ear, like, "Hey." You're not at market value. You know, we need to try to do something. Um, so I, I've seen it both ways. I've seen it as a combination of, hey, we, I don't like where we're at. Can you do something? Or what do you suggest? And the agents say, okay, well, we can hold out. So uh, I've seen it both ways, and there are certainly some headstrong players that say, I'm not playing for this. Go get something done. Um, and there's certainly others that are a little bit more passive maybe that say, hey, what do you think? Well, if we don't get something done, that's fine. I'm going to play anyway. So I do think you see it, you know, probably 50-50 both ways in, in terms of that. And my, and my question, just your opinion, I, and I'll give you mine real quick. Uh, on the enemy, I thought it was a bad move for him to go to, to leave Kansas City for whatever job. I thought, you, I thought he should have stayed there and head out until somebody gave him a, a head job. And if they didn't give him one, just stay, stay right there and keep winning Super Bowls. I, I thought it was a no-win situation. Do you think he made the right move, or you just think he maybe went to the wrong team? All right, Sterling, hang tight. We'll get your uh, answer when we come back. Thank you, Sterling. Thank you. Rick Schaefer, I'm Randy Rainwater. Chris Turnage, our NFL agent and guru. As drive time will continue in a moment. Maintenance Services presents Belinda Mayo when she joins Morning Mayhem each Thursday morning. Serving Central Arkansas, Facility Maintenance Services. We don't cut corners, we clean them. Ah, not again. 
Let me tell you about my man Tom. He had some serious bad luck. And one day he said to me, when is my luck gonna change? And I was like, you need to go to Tunica, bro. And he was like, yeah, good idea, bro. Tom was winning big money. People were cheering and kisses. My man was like, this is amazing. The Zuzing streak was finally over. Man, I cannot believe my luck. Believe it, because when you're in Tunica, you're always a winner. This is the Pigskin Preacher, bringing you the word. It's nearly time for Razorback football, all you hog partisans. And the good guys look loaded at the important positions of quarterback and running back. With proven offensive coordinator Dan Enos, the hogs should have a solid offense. But questions still remain at wide receiver and on defense. But the coaches are excited about several transfers who should provide immediate help. I'm predicting a 7-5 and five mark. But if everything falls into place, maybe 8-4 and four or 9-3 and three isn't out of reach. As a wise man has said, go hogs go. And woo pig suey. Doubleby's 34 locations in Arkansas are here to serve hog fans everywhere. Sign up and pay with your Exxon credit card and you'll save 10 cents a gallon at the pump. Doublebees. It's where you gas it, grab it, and go. That's Doublebees. The board-certified, fellowship-trained physicians at Martin Orthopedics provide complete care for students, adults, and athletes. At Martin Orthopedics, the surgeons and staff pay exceptional attention to every patient's needs. When you go to Martin Orthopedics, every member of the team aims to help patients return to their normal daily activities or playing the sport they love without pain. Whether it's your knee, hip, or shoulder, the physicians at Martin Orthopedics stand ready to assist. For more information or to set up your consultation online, go to Martin Orthopedics. Attention bow hunters. Ready to take your hunting game to the next level? Then set your sights on Max Prairie Wings, featuring the best model bows from Elite, Matthews, Hoyt, and Bear. Max offers all the top-of-the-line bows along with any accessory you need to make your bow even more powerful. And they'll even work with you to build your dream bow exactly the way you want it. Max Prairie Wings, your go-to destination for bow hunting gear. Click on maxpw.com or visit their store in Stuttgart. Max Prairie Wings, where passion meets precision. Happy hunting! This is Pat Bradley for River City Flooring, where you can pick your payment. Get 0% interest for 12, 24, or 36 months, and River City Flooring in Maumel is where you'll save 50% on all in-stock waterproof LVP flooring. And did you know River City Flooring carries cabinets? So stop in and let my friends at River City Flooring help you with your remodel. Kitchen, bath, living, dining, they do it all. Check out River City Flooring in Maumel at their huge new showroom on Maumel Boulevard just off 430. Now back to Drive Time Sports, live from the Eat My Catfish studios. Eat My Catfish, now back open in Little Rock in the Riverdale Shopping Center next to Ace Hardware. Eat fresh, eat local, eat my catfish. It's gut check time. Drive Time Sports is back on the Buzz Radio Network. When you go to Tacos for Life, it is not gut check time. It is check your gut because you're going to feel pretty good after it's full of Tacos for Life. That's right. But you don't have to be um, in some kind of intense mode to go there. In fact, you can enjoy going to Tacos for Life and knowing that whether you eat that great grilled chicken taco or maybe you get the Baja chicken taco, that's, that's what's hot right now. Maybe you drink some of that strawberry watermelon punch. You enjoy whatever you're having. It could be a chicken and cheese quesadilla. I love those as well. But whatever you're eating, you're going to be providing a meal for someone who's food insufficient. And do you know that Tacos for Life, in slightly less than 10 years, has now provided over 31 million meals. 31 million meals for people who are food insufficient all around the world. That's right, just because you get to enjoy great food at Tacos for Life. So why don't you think about it tonight? Why don't you think about it for lunch tomorrow? You'll enjoy it. You'll love eating there. Tacos for Life. And that is Rick Schaefer. I'm Randy Rainwater. Joined again each and every Thursday by our NFL agent and guru, Chris Turnage. Chris, you had a question from Sterling. Yep, so Sterling's second question was... um, Refresh me there on what the, what his second part was. Oh, oh, was it about um, uh, Eric Bieniemy? That's right with with Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. So should he stay with KC or go to Washington? Yep. Yeah. So you know the reason he left was because he felt like 
in his interviews that he, he felt like he deserves a head coaching opportunity. And in his interviews, they felt, you know, they attributed a lot of Kansas City's success to Mahomes and to Andy Reid, and he didn't get the credit um, as offensive coordinator. Now, should he have gone or should he have stayed? The problem is I've heard, and this kind of relates to what, um, you know, Ron Rivera said, I've heard from several people that his interviews do not go well when he's interviewed for a head coaching job. Um, he is very brash. He comes. He's going to say exactly what he thinks. If he says thinks your team is sorry, he's going to tell you that. But I, here's how I can improve it. So I've heard that he hasn't interviewed well. He also has some stuff in the past when he was at Colorado with the domestic violence incident, some of those things, which um, has been a factor in some decisions. So to be honest, I don't know that him changing to Washington is going to help a ton or hurt a ton. Um, is the offensive coordinator at Kansas City better than the offensive coordinator at Washington? Absolutely. But he did that for that simple goal to say, I'm going to try to be a head coach, and I think if I can get out from under Andy Reid and go show that I can do this somewhere else, um, that I can, then maybe it will help me get the head coaching job. Now, it is really weird what Rivera said on record, that a lot of, a lot of players are having an issue with yeah. his coaching style. Um, to come out and say that, now Rivera did later apologize and say I shouldn't have said it, but to come out and say that, that's um, that's a little, little weird. Some of the conspiracy theorists out there said that, Rivera's doing that just to make sure if the offense is good, they don't try to replace him with the enemy. And so he tried to kind of keep it in check. I don't know if that's the case or not, but that was a, a very interesting comment from a head coach about your own offensive coordinator. Well, it also doesn't speak well for the players. <clears throat> All of right. a sudden, a guy comes. They're I mean, soft! Who have the commanders beaten lately, right? I mean, they're not exactly the world beaters. And a guy comes in and tries to rise them to a different level, and they don't like it. What does that mean? They're soft. Exactly. Exactly. They're soft. All right. Uh, what does this mean, Chris, when I read uh, Razorback reports, what went on at practice today, uh, but I'll read multiple NFL team or teams had scouts in attendance, including the Ravens, Minnesota Vikings, the Los Angeles Chargers. What is the purpose of these scouts as they're attending an Arkansas practice? Yeah, so these are what's called area scouts. And what they do is they go from, you know, team to team in their area. Each scout will have maybe it's a southeast scout, southwest scout, whatever. Each team will have, kind of have a geographic area. And so these are the initial kind of grades, their, their team grades they're setting on certain players. So they'll come in and they'll say, okay, we really needed to watch KJ and Rocket and whoever. And so they'll watch. So they'll go in and watch some film. Um, they'll get there, you know, an hour, two hours before practice, watch film. The teams will set them up in a film room, and they'll watch some film on some players. They'll talk to coaches, talk to the street coach. Hey, what's this kid really like in the weight room? Is this kid respectful in the classroom? What do you think? Stuff like that. And then they'll watch practice to kind of get a feel. Hey, does, does this kid have it? Is he looking good? Is he taking off some reps here and slacking off? You know, and they'll make their note. Typically, the visit will last anywhere from three to four hours. Most of the time, they won't talk to the players um, at all. They might say, hey, what's up? But it's not a sit-down interview session at all. Um, but it's really just doing some homework. And then this that, that area scout will kind of set their initial grade. So let's say the Raven. He might come back and say, all right, my initial grade on KJ is a fifth-round grade. And then he would pass it up to his college director, the director over college scout. Then if the director, typically most teams say, all right, if we have anybody that has a draftable grade from our area scouts, then I'll go back and watch. Then the director would watch and say, hey, I agree with you, or hey, you're way too high, I see a seventh, or hey, you're way too low, I see a third. And then he would pass it up to the director of personnel and you know keep working up the line to where by December, the GM gets these three or four reports on his desk, and then he goes and watches that player, watches tape, and then to decide kind of, hey, what's our final team grade you know, for the season going to be? Then obviously change it with combine and you know all star game or whatever. But that's what that's what that means. That's what they're doing. These are the area scouts. Generally, um, they're kind of the, the low man on the totem pole, not necessarily by experience, but just in, in terms of the position. And they kind of set those initial grades for the team. So, do the scouts ever give feedback to let's say to Coach Pittman and say, okay, we watch KJ. We think he needs to work on his footwork, or we think that he needs to work on that mid-range pass, or whatever, whatever it may be, do they pass on? Because usually, to me, what they're looking for is not so much, maybe I'm, I'm wrong in this, they're not looking so much for his strengths, they're looking for what, is, what are his weaknesses. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right on that, Randy. They absolutely are. They're not going to go in and tell the player he's the best thing ever. They're, no. they're looking for his weaknesses for sure. Um, you know, to your question, some coaches take it a little different than others. Um, some coaches actually ask for some feedback. Some coaches don't want to – I mean, I've heard stories. Some coaches are jerks to them and, you know, won't, won't hardly let the scouts do much. And they're, they're not going to talk to them at all. And, you know, some coaches are like, hey, I don't care what you think. It's about college production right now. I don't care what, mm-hmm. you know, what he looks like for NFL. So different coaches, certainly. I mean, I, I could see Coach Pittman as being one that would probably engage the scouts a little bit, um, you know, talk to them and ask them some questions perhaps. Um, when I was at uh, Penn State's Pro Day, James Franklin, now this is obviously pro day, so a little different setting, but James Franklin knew all the scouts, and he was walking by talking to the person, hey, Billy, you know, I know you like this guy. Be sure and watch him. He's going to put mm-hmm. on a show today at the Burt, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So you could tell James Franklin already had a relationship with those guys. Um, but, again, that's not the case with, with every coach. Oh, he's definitely rah-rah. I mean, that uh, there's no question James Franklin is ever bit about rah-rah. Um, I mean, Rocket Sanders, you know, again – to me, the the major question, and it's got to be proven right now, can he carry this new 20 pounds and not lose any of the quickness, certainly not any of the speed, because I mean, that's why he got the nickname Rocket to begin with, was because of the speed he possesses. So I'm, I'm curious if, again, that uh, the coaches are going to hear from uh, these scouts, you know, we're kind of scared about Rocket carrying on all that weight and so forth. But um, I would think they were really uh, the size of the Arkansas receivers. That is super impressive right now. Oh yeah, you walk out, yeah, and you're looking at you know six seven, six six, six five. I mean, it is yeah, it is a it's a basketball lineup out there. Uh, but to your point, you know, Randy, that is one of the things they'll do is they'll get when the scouts go in, they'll get a weight chart, uh, weight change. Okay, who's added weight? Who's lost weight? Mm-hmm. And that's that's exactly what they look at. Hey. Rockets added 20 pounds. Can he move at that? Let's see that. Does he still have the burst through the hole? Does mm-hmm. he still have the explosiveness? Um, so that absolutely is something that they would star um, and then say, all right, let's let's look at it. You know, Conversely, if there's a guy that they say is 350 and he needs to be 330, they're going to say, hey, is this kid dedicated? Did he get down to 330? Does he still, you know, is he still moving? Um, or is he moving better if he has those kind of things? So that, that is absolutely something they look at when they come in. If they if they see Ian Gifford, Gifford uh, who's six nine three ninety four, they'll probably say, "Can this kid really move? I want to see this guy move." I mean, he's a monster uh, at his size. He's only a true freshman. On top of that, so uh, that'll be interesting to see how he ultimately uh, grades out in the eyes of the NFL. All right, Chris, enjoy tonight's slate of games and. Uh, and then, in fact, it goes throughout the entire weekend of uh, exhibition games. So, it's here, buddy. It is here. Absolutely. Have a good one, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Chris Turnage, our NFL agent and guru. No Bart Reed today. Bart tomorrow. Hour number three straight ahead. Justin Acre for CertiPro Painters. We're all getting ready for summer, and if you want to spruce up your home for summer, CertiPro Painters could be the answer you're looking for. Each CertiPro Painters business is independently owned and operated. Schedule your free estimate at CertiPro.com. That's Certa with a C. If you're thinking about getting a paint job done for the interior or exterior of your home, you need to hurry up and get on the schedule soon because it's filling up quickly. So plan for your next project. You'll be happy you did.